Thank you for listening to another episode of According to Kevin in 11. And these episodes, Kevin broaches topics ranging from politics, aliens, sports, and anything else that captures his imagination. So take a couple of minutes to consider what he has to say. Maybe he will strike a chord and it will spur on new thoughts and possible actions to take. Without further ado, here's your host, Kevin. Greetings. Thanks for stopping in and taking a listen to this podcast around politics and the total frustration I feel with the one-party system in the good old U.S. of A. What's that you say? One-party system? I thought there were two parties, the Democrats and Republicans. Why, there's more than that on the election ballot as well. I sometimes see people running as socialists, communists, libertarians, independents, and so on. So what do you mean, Kevin, when you say there's only one party? Well, let me explain. Time for a little history. Going back to the founding of this country, it started out with the Federalist Party, 1789 to 1820. This was the party for those wanting a national government and favored business and economic growth. This party actually sided with Great Britain and opposed the French. Uh, isn't that, like, backwards? Well, they were in office until 1801 when the Democratic-Republican Party, established in 1792 by Thomas Jefferson and James Madison, well, they opposed the central government. They were the major party from 1801 to 1825. Interesting thing about these folks is they were opposed to the new Constitution. In 1828, the party dropped the Republican moniker to be known as the Democrats and to this day are the oldest running party in the U.S. To oppose the Democrats, the Whig Party was formed. They opposed the ideas of the Democrats, and while being the second party, they did manage to have four presidents in office. The Whigs supported the supremacy of the United States Congress over the presidency and favored a program of modernization, banking, and economic protectionism to stimulate manufacturing. It wasn't until 1854 that the Republican Party came to be. The Republicans largely dominated politics nationally and in the majority of northern states between 1860 and 1932. Founded in the northern states in 1854 by anti-slavery activists, modernizers, ex-Whigs, and ex-Free Soilers, the Republican Party quickly became the principal opposition to the dominant Democratic Party and the briefly popular Know-Nothing Party. Where are those guys today? Since around the 1860s, several political parties got their start. The Prohibition Party in 1869, yep, those folks opposed to intoxicating beverages and no friends to Kentucky bourbonism, are still active today and are the third oldest political party. However, they don't have much say, as in the 2016 election, their candidate only received around 5,700 votes total. The Socialist Party was formed in 1901 and in the early days were the favored of the unions, progressive social reformers, and immigrants. The Progressive Party, also known as the Bull Moose Party, led by Teddy Roosevelt, was short-lived. 1912 to 1918 basically was created by Teddy after he lost the 1912 election. Around 1919, the Communist Party is introduced to the landscape. The party was influential in American politics in the first half of the 20th century and played a prominent role in the labor movement from the 1920s through the 1940s, becoming known for opposing racism and racial segregation. However, due to McCarthyism in the 60s and its support of the Soviet Union, folks backed off and back to the Democratic Party. There have been other parties created out of desires to uphold justice for various rights. 
1944, the Liberal Party of New York formed and pioneered the GI Bill of Rights, rent control in New York City, and consumer protection laws, among others. They also championed the Civil Rights Act. 1966 saw the rise of the Black Panther Party as an anti-racist leftist party. This party is not related to today's Black Panther Party. In 1971, the Libertarian Party was formed. The Libertarian Party is an ideologically party based on the idea of individual liberty above all. In practice, this means they support small government and a laissez-faire capitalist economy and are against taxes and regulations on businesses. Their version of classical liberalism remains popular today among staunch proponents of the Second Amendment and marijuana users. In fact, despite the fact that it has no electoral power in Congress, it is the third largest party in America today. In 1992, the Constitution Party came to be and holds many of the same ideologies as the Libertarians, but from a Christian perspective. They also believe the Constitution is the law of the land and cannot be altered. They are the fifth largest active party in the U.S. today. 1995 saw the beginning of the Reform Party and Ross Perot as their candidate. This was the party formed from those disillusioned with the Democrats and Republicans. Donald Trump was once a member of this party. The last major party is the grassroots, left-leaning, environmental Green Party formed in 2001. Their candidate was Ralph Nader and was the possible reason that Al Gore lost to George Bush in the 2000 election as he split the Democratic votes. So, with all that being said, we really only see two political parties getting any media coverage at all in the U.S., Democrat or Republican. It's interesting looking at the brief history of the United States and where the parties actually rose out of. Seems like a lot of blurring of ideologies has come about and some flip-flopping of those ideas as well. When you look at things today, it's a wonder nothing new ever gets done. I was recently watching some old Saturday Night Live shows on YouTube and noticed on the Weekend News Update segment from the 1980s that you could almost just change the names of the political characters, not change what was happening, and there's no difference today. We are still dealing with world conflicts with Russia, unrest in the Middle East, famines in Africa, dictatorships and cartels in the Americas, environmental issues, and the list just goes on and on. It's because of this that I refer to the U.S. as a one-party system. We have senators blanking out left and right and don't know what they are voting on, but since they belong to a particular party, just vote with us. Wow, what have we come to? It's the reason why I believe it's time to say, hey, we tried it this way. But you know, the experiment of the past 240 years or so politically is no longer working. So what's the answer? I don't know. Isn't it cool? But an idea I have been floating around is the elimination of political parties and going to a system based on basic tenets that can help govern a country and its future. We live in a time where information is readily available at a moment's notice. I would like to see maybe a checklist of X categories that a candidate and holder of office would base their candidacy on. Then, whenever votes are taken, immediately their constituency back home can see how they are voting in relation to their needs. If a candidate starts voting in opposition to how they got elected, eh, the folks back home will see and can help to remind their representative what got them elected in the first place. It will give individuals a voice much greater and not have to be silenced by either party. I am sure that there are folks that have ran for office for a party simply because it was the best way to win an election. Hey, they know they will give themselves pay raises every year thereafter and the pensions. Oh boy. There are officials that I am sure would vote against party lines at times, but 
Because the hierarchy of leadership in that party states you will vote with us or risk losing any support in your next election, well, you get the idea. So what would the checklist include? Well, items like education, taxation, civil liberties, crime and justice, foreign policy, health care, gun ownership, immigration, war on drugs, etc. I would think not more than 27 points that would always be available online to track. I see this as a way to really give representation back to the folks locally and to have a voice collectively. Lobbyists would have a much harder time having to track down each and every member instead of just schmoozing the political party and letting their leadership take it from there. So I'm not saying that elections are bad, just that I think the two-party system has become far too stale and can continually hide behind what each other is doing and not helping move the country together. While each party staunchly supports their own platform of ideologies, it just seems like they are really in it altogether and just makes it look like the general populace has any voice or vote in the running of the country at all. I mean, we get to vote for folks on a regular basis, so it helps keep most in the dark as to what really is taking place in the grander scheme of U.S. politics. Take a look at your own situations. Has anything for you really changed every four years? Are you still paying through the wazoo? Have we seen any reduction in the deficit or taxes for that matter? What's being done with your hard-earned dollars? Has there been any movement for Social Security, education, civil rights, the environment? I was watching the movie Waking Life, and a scene from it kind of sums up how we as a populace seem to be living. The character stated, it just seems like we're all like ants, just going about our day and doing the roles we are supposed to do to keep the colony operating, not communicating with each other, just doing what we have been told programmed to do. I don't like it. I think it's time for us to really take a look at where we are as a nation. And not just start thinking about what's going on, but perhaps to start taking action and expecting real solid changes for the better to protect everyone's right to the pursuit of happiness. Well, thanks again for your interest and time listening. I wish you well. <laughs>